Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Chad. I forgot it. Amen. Praise God. What a good day to serve God. Yeah. Amen. We're on a uh, Come Alive series. And I tell you what, in this series, I've seen God do some amazing stuff. And, uh, man, we've had some great services in here. And I'm looking forward to tonight being, being one of those great services. I want to uh, slow it down a little bit tonight. And teach, and every time I say I'm gonna slow it down, I usually blow up. Uh, but uh, I knew that I was gonna touch on this and talk about this for two weeks, and uh, so I've been able to uh, go through some scriptures. And uh, man, I had uh, I had lined me up some scriptures, and uh, you know sometimes I like to be one of those scripture slinging preachers. Praise God. And, uh, or that's what I've been called on Facebook a time or two, praise God. And uh, so I had a bunch lined up, man. I was going to go here, and I was going to go there, and I was going to do all kinds of stuff, and I was going to bring out this point, bring out that point, and I was so excited, amen. And then in my prayer time today, God narrowed it down to one scripture, ain't that, ain't that, you know? And, uh, but the thing about it is, it's the rhema word of God, amen. So it could be one word from God that will give direction like we have never seen. Amen. So if you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 18, verse number 6. Psalms, chapter 18, verse number 6. And when you get that, just stand to your feet for the reading and the reverence of the Word of God, if you would, in this house. Amen. It was hot today, wasn't it? My daddy used to always say, reminds me I don't want to go to hell. Because we know that in August it's hot, but we know that come November and December it's going to cool off. How many knows the hell doesn't have that choice? I mean, it's just, it's just going to be one place that's hot. Amen. Uh, good news is, Lane said that tomorrow the temperature is going to be 85. Huh? 88? <laughs> he, he's our meteorologist. <laughs> so if it ain't 88 tomorrow, I will give you his Facebook page. And y'all can deal with him. Amen. As yapping didn't turn to... Oh, I got it up here. 
Psalms chapter 18, verse number 6. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is going to talk to you tonight. And you're going to find out that the ministry of disappointments are for you. Ooh, now, if it's, now, if they don't like it, you can talk to your neighbor that just told you that. Amen. Psalms chapter 18, verse number 6. Are you all ready? In my distress, somebody say disappointments. Say it louder. Say disappointments. In my disappointments, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. Woo. He heard my voice from his temple. Come on, somebody. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry came before him even to his ears. Father, I come to you tonight, and I thank you, Lord, that you're going to move in this house. Heavenly Father, Lord, that you're going to lead us, you're going to guide us, you're going to direct us. And Heavenly Father, I speak, Lord, underneath this anointing that is in here today, and we call, Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come together in agreement that this line battle of COVID that is breaking out across this nation, it's hitting pastors, it's hitting youth leaders, it's hitting children, it's hitting schools. Heavenly Father, we plead the blood of Jesus uh, over this COVID-19 coronavirus uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, and Father, we declare right now, Lord, uh, that you're going to move, uh, you're going to heal, you're going to do exactly what your word said. Uh, and Father, Lord, you're going to deliver in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. My dad, Gerald Brown, is in Oklahoma Heart Hospital on a ventilator. And uh, <clears throat> uh, got some heart issues. And so uh, he's been there uh, probably for uh, about a week or so. And uh, this give or take uh, going in and coming out and, 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 and uh, things of that nature. And so uh, I know the family is watching me. So let's stand to our feet one more time, would you? And because uh, they, they, they watch me. Matter of fact, they take the phone in there to where he is. And uh, they let him hear it. And even on a ventilator, he squeezes their hands and stuff because he can still hear. Amen? Praise God. So I want us to agree together in this place tonight. Amen? And, and I want us to agree together that uh, be, be, because they're waiting on certain different things. And doctors had said that one, one place of his heart is, is, is not functioning. But I know the creator. Amen? Praise God. You know the creator. Amen. The Bible says that one, one person praying can send a thousand angels to fly. Two can send 10,000. Amen. So I'm telling you right now, can you just imagine how many angels are going to be fluttering and moving in this place tonight when we come into agreement? Amen. Praise God. Father, we come to you right now and I declare... Lord, that you are the Lord and the God of our lives. Father, I know your word says for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Father, I know that you said in your word that whatever we pray and believe, that it shall be done, Mark 11 and 24. Heavenly Father, I understand and know that you said we're two or three. I gather together believing and touching anything. Whatever we ask in your name, 
Heavenly Father, that you would do it. It's not that you would think about it. It's not that you'd get around to it. But Heavenly Father, you said that you would. Father, there is more than two or three in this room right now. Lord, you said in your word in Jeremiah 1 and 12, you said, and you have seen well. And I like to put my name in there when I quote this. And you have seen well, Roger Brown, for I will watch over my word to perform it. So, Father, we have brought you your word right now. And we, we declare that this body be healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet right now. We declare that this heart start functioning right. Every place of this heart that the doctor said that ain't working, that will never work. Father, we declare a miracle right now. Lord, that you begin to move upon this body and we cause every, we, we call every valve. Heavenly Father, Lord, that is blocked up everything that is not working. Heavenly Father, you bring a healing right now. And Father, we come in this place as Life Changes Church International as a body and together Lord and we believe it is done for Gerald Brown in the name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah praise God you may be seated give me just a little bit here tonight uh, I know the kids just got in school and uh, they probably got home and tore their rooms up and they got to clean their rooms and you got to wash clothes and and all of those kinds of things, amen. And so, but I got three points tonight. Look at your neighbor and say three points. Now, I don't know how long I'll take on all three. Amen. But I want to talk about the ministry of disappointments. And if we, if, if any of us in here, we could talk about 2020 all night long. What a huge disappointment that 2020 brought to the church. Remember in, in 2019, remember, re, re, remember our watch night service and we talked about 2020 vision, how the church is going to see better, how we're going to see things better. God's going to bring great things and all of a sudden time March rolled around, <laughs> we wasn't seeing nothing. I mean, everything was shutting down. I'm talking everything. Everything was shutting down. Everybody was scared to death. I'm, 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 I mean, for the most part, we was uh, watching the news. We were staying in, 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 in touch with it, and, and things was shutting down, and, and things was closing, and, and then now they was trying to debate whether we should wear masks or not wear masks, and they said we got to wear two masks. And then uh, talked about, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, this is the time when real disappointment showed up to the house of God. This is a time where we believed God, but at the same time, the circumstances we're looking at were disappointed. We're very disappointed. Lord, I'm disappointed because the word I got, a watch night server said, we're going to have 2020 vision. This ain't what I seen. This is not what it looked like. I remember laying in bed Late at night, my wife had a, 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 a toothache that was just, it, it was just hurting bad. None of the dentists was open up because, because it was COVID. And, 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 and so they just said, there's, there's nothing we can do. My wife is on one end of the phone. She says, really? 
And so, and so in the disappointments and in the times of hurts, and I mean, I mean, she was literally, literally just, I mean, uh, just, just her, her tooth was hurting, and we was praying and was getting a hold of God, and we was doing all of these things, but at the same time, she couldn't get in nowhere. Things were shutting down, and it was a, a uh, horrible time when, when you can't even get into rib crib. I mean, dang, shutting stuff down. And then we read on the news where they're going to open liquor stores, but churches need to stay shut down. How disappointing is that? Read on the news where they're going to go ahead and keep abortion clinics open, but, but don't come to church. And if you do come to church, you need to sit 10 uh, or <laughs> six feet apart. And then they didn't want you to sing because if you sung, we heard all kinds, we, we had all kinds of reasons to completely be disappointed. And everything that we seen, everything that was going on, it was disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. My daughter-in-law, August, poor thing, bless her heart, she had to quarantine like four times. You talking about disappointing. I mean, some of you had to quarantine once, and you're like, ah, do it four times. She's a school teacher, and, 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 and so many times they would come in and, and say, well, the, this case, you, you might be exposed. And disappointment after disappointment, and at the same time, God is ministering in disappointments. He wasn't moved off of his throne. He didn't step out of the way and say, okay, Lucifer, just have your way. If it wasn't for the prayers of the church, if it wasn't for the anointing of God, if it wasn't for the stronghold of the power of God, a lot of us would have lost our mind. I mean, we had family members on ventilators. Some family members didn't make it. Disappointment after disappointment. I have to hear about these things. I have to, have to hear about my own family members, people in the church. Disappointment after disappointment. But the ministry of disappointment, God wants us to understand. This is one thing that I wrote down. This is one thing that I wrote down, that you must use the right measuring tape. And this, actually, this, this, this point come to me just, just when we was in here today. When, well, I, actually, today when my wife called and said, hey, you got a tape? You got a measuring tape? And I said, for what? She, and, and she wanted to measure some, uh, some rooms and stuff. And I, and I was thinking in my mind, well, I could just step it off, you know, just like this. But I was thinking, if I use that measuring tape and give her that measuring, she is going to be mad. And isn't it funny how sometimes we want to use our own measuring tape? And you got to understand that in times of disappointment, here's what you got to understand, that the enemy is always wanting you to look at somebody else. We don't want to judge what somebody else is doing compared to us, and that's the measuring tape sometimes we want to use. Somebody said one time, well, uh, how do you measure a man's success? Somebody said, well, by how many friends he has. Because, because, I mean, if a man is really successful and really good, he's got a lot of people that likes him. And one said, I measure a man's success by how many foes he has. <laughs> and you can look. Even in Jesus' life, do you think he had many friends? I mean, he had a handful of people. Even at his crucifixion, only one that really loved him, John the Beloved, came 
and, and, and watched him on the cross while everybody else that stood close to him, the whole place of his life that seen miracle after miracle after miracle and witnessed miracles, witnessed blind eyes open up, witnessed deaf ears unstopped. Peter, the rock, who his mother-in-law had a fever, and Jesus walked in and cast COVID out of her. And it had to leave. He's sitting there in the middle of it, but through all the stuff, disappointment, sometimes we use the wrong measuring tape. And what I want to say about where we are right now is God ministers in those times of disappointments because if we'll listen and we'll see what's going on, sometimes those things and those disappointment places in our lives, because listen, if you think for once, if you think for once, well, you know, I won't be disappointed that, that, that often, become a Dallas Cowboys fan. It's like every, every week. You know how many times that they uh, told me how horrible I was because I switched teams? I said, I'm tired of being disappointed. <laughs> Our kids are going to disappoint us. They just are. I mean, our jobs are going to disappoint us. Our husbands or, or, or our wives will disappoint us. Hey, I'm going to disappoint you more than once. Thank you. And we live with it all the time, but when it comes to when God is showing us things, a lot of times our disappointments, we start measuring, measuring it with the wrong thing, with the wrong tape, with the wrong idea. We start saying, well, God, I didn't think that all of this would happen. I thought that when I got saved uh, that the big bad devil would just leave. But when you got saved is when you had a magnet on you and he showed up because all of heaven was downloaded in you on the moment you gave your life to God. Listen to me. It was downloaded because I preached that a year or so ago. The download. All of heaven was down. God did not hold nothing back from you. That when you got saved and the kingdom of God came into your life, he didn't just open up a little bit. He'd give it all. But at the time, it takes a process. It takes walking through. It takes getting through some stuff. It takes some bumps, some bruises. It takes some learnings. And disappointments has a ministry in its own self because at that time, God can get you to move your measuring tape on him. And that's what he can do. And sometimes what we want to do is we want to measure. We want to measure everything else. We want to measure 2020 by what CNN says, by what Fox says, what CDC says. We want to measure everything going on by, 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 by the election. We want to measure everything going on by how many people showed up to church. We want to measure a, a, a church by, 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 by so many different things. And what happens is, is we become disappointed. And 2020 has brought us to, to a realization. It's brought us to, to, to a realization. But God. But God. And so, and so we have to understand because, because if I was to have measured myself, because here's the thing about it, we can look at somebody else and we can look at what's going on in their life 
And we can try to measure ourselves by their accomplishments, and that's completely wrong. There's no way I can measure this church by another church because, because God has a ministry of this church that is this church's identity all by itself. God has a ministry upon your lives that is your identity all by yourself. He has plans for you. He has pulled you up. He has pulled you up out of the miry clay. He has put your foot on a solid foundation. He's put a brand new song in your heart. He has called you his and he has spoken to the devil and pointed his finger right in his face and he told him, this is my beloved son and I am well pleased and it does not matter what anybody else says and here's the thing about it we're not measuring God we're trying to measure everything else and we got to understand and see where God has taken us I had to write this down disappointment is not failure Look at your neighbor and say, it's not failure. Sometimes we put expectations up for ourselves that will cause us to fail. Now, I want to tell you a little story, and some of you probably already know this. But do y'all remember when we opened up the Joplin campus in Joplin? And, and opened up, and, and I mean, got in there, and I mean, the place was filled up, and things was, I mean, people was coming, and we just, and, and so, and so, so much, and, and things began to happen. And then when the Joplin campus failed, or I, or I said it failed at that time, I was disappointed, and I called it a failure, and God spoke to me and told me it was never set up to be a failure. There was a season in our lives and there was people that we touched over in that area that are still now, now full-time life changers at this moment. There's, there's lives. And sometimes what happens is, is we see things begin to crumble before us and we look at it as, as failure. But I need to tell somebody right now, listen to me, as long as God is in it, it is not a failure. It's just not a failure. Can you imagine, uh, let's see, over in 2 Kings, I believe it's 2 Kings chapter 7, and, and uh, some of you will remember this. Uh, the Bible said that there was two men, and they was leprous men, and they were sitting outside of the gate of a city. And they had been set out because they had uh, lepers. Uh, lepers. Actually, there was uh, 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 several of them. And they were setting out because, because they had leprosy. And they looked inside the town one day and they saw the town completely empty. And they saw all this food and they saw all this water. And one of the lepers looked at the other and said, Why sit here until we die? If we go in, the worst thing that can happen is they kill us. I mean, we've been sitting out here with leprosy and we're starving. And we're thirsty. We have no clothes. We have nothing. So why sit here 
until we die. And can I tell you that sometimes what the enemy wants us to do is fall into a place of disappointment and blame it on God and blame it on somebody else, blame it on your career, blame it on, 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 on something that just didn't happen for your life and sit back and just sit there until you completely die. Praise God. I'm here to tell somebody that, that, that the ministry of disappointment is this right here, that when God got your eyes off of everything else but upon him, the Bible said David called out to God. And can I tell somebody that disappointment sometimes, it sets you up for the greatest things that God ever had for your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me and Lane was on the phone yesterday trying to get a truck over to get to our semi that was broke down on the side of the road up by Great Bend, Texas. And we was on the, uh, uh, Kansas, and we was on the phone probably for two hours trying to find somebody. And I was so disappointed. I couldn't find nobody that wanted to work. <laughs> well, that's what I said. You know, sometimes we like to say, people just don't want to work no more. Would we hear that from? From the news, from everybody else. Nobody, nobody wants a job. Everybody wants free money. Listen to me. You got to be careful what's coming in. Because sometimes if you ain't strong enough to flutter it out, then you're going to start secretly start repeating what everybody else is saying. So at the same time, we was just on the phone, on the phone, on the phone, praise God. And so finally getting a hold of one of our drivers, stuff, trying to get into a and, and he got into a motel, and, 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 I mean, everything worked out, and then we got the truck fixed this morning. And then what me and Lane come to the conclusion was this. Y'all ready for it? We were so disappointed. But the guy who come to fix it was the same guy that wouldn't come work on it last night. And he came to work on it, and he said, I'm not going to charge them overtime fees. Not going to charge them all because how many knows when you come 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, everything goes up. And so sometimes we're disappointed, but at the same time, God is working on our favor. Sometimes we're so disappointed at everything that's going on, but we can't see the big picture because we're thinking about us all the time. And there are times in our life when God sets us aside and he said, this ain't about your trucking company. This ain't about you. This is about what I'm going to do. This is about what I'm bringing into the whole situation. This is how I'm going to do this thing. And you might be disappointed, but let me minister to you in this time and these are times when God's ministry really speaks what happens when we get disappointed a lot of things when we're disappointed do you want know the first thing that we want to do we want to blame everybody I mean, we're mad. We are mad. Praise God. I know that's none of you. That's the church down the street. I understand that. But, but, but we get so mad. Praise God. My grandpa used to say this. He'd say, he'd say, son, your granny gets so mad she can chew a 16-penny nail in two. <laughs> that's mad. And what happens is, is we have to understand that disappointment was, has never meant failure. Because, because these are times in our disappointments where we focus 
somewhere else. That's my other point. Listen to me. I got it wrote down here. Listen, listen. When doors close, your focus and vision goes to something else. How many's had doors closed in their life? How many's had opportunities that just didn't work out? I know I was talking to uh, Sister Becky, and we was talking about some different things and how disappointed some of her family members was. And at the time that they was disappointed, that one door would open, and one door would open, and one door would open. And isn't it amazing how God doesn't sit back and listen to us, <laughs> and, and he bypasses us anyhow, but at the same time, he works miracles in disappointments. Praise God. Can you imagine what Peter was feeling that day when he fished all night long and he was disappointed and it was the last time he was going to fish for the season and not only that, but he was cleaning his net and he was done and he's probably going to lose his house. He's probably going to lose his Corvette. He's probably going to lose his Harley. He wasn't going to take his wife out on a date. His kids was mad. He wasn't going to get to buy school clothes. Everything was messed up and he was so disappointed and Jesus walks up on the seashore and says, can I borrow your boat? Now, how disappointing is that? Jesus himself, when he fished all night and caught nothing, Jesus says, so what y'all do, boys? We can catch nothing. Oh, well, since you ain't using your boat, can I borrow it? <laughs> now, listen, listen. Break it down and look. Peter is focused on this one catch. And at the same time, Jesus is coming because in the ministry of disappointment, he is showing him that God never fails. He is showing him that things in our life that are disappointing are sometimes things that we do not need. Some of us are so focused, and we always need this, we always need this, we always need this. But at the same time, God is trying to get us to understand that that is what, not what we need. So at the time when, when, when he asked him, can I use your boat? Then Jesus begins to preach. And when he gets done preaching, he steps over and he says, hey, by the way, Peter's listening to what Jesus is saying, and Peter's thinking, hey, this cat knows something. I kind of like it. And then Jesus says, hey, throw your net on the other side. <laughs> now Peter's thinking, you're not even a fisherman. You're one of those money-grabbing preachers. You're going to tell me to throw the net on the other side? You ain't know how to fish. He probably... <laughs> Has anybody ever texted yourself something and then read it out loud? You know, your mind just... Doo -doo -doo, and, you blur, and you blurt it out. <laughs> and, so, and so Peter's texting himself, and then all of a sudden he says, Nevertheless... He throws the net on the other side. And guess what happens? Fish fills up. Can you imagine that time when Jesus told all the disciples? He said, come follow me. And he begins to preach. And when he's preaching, he looks around, and there's a multitude of people following him. The Bible said there was 5,000 men, not counting. The Bible says not counting the women and children. 
Now, I know in today's society, we have one kid, and we're like, we're done. We're done. But back in those days, I mean, 12 was a common thing. So can you imagine 5,000 men, not counting women and children, that showed up while he was preaching? And Jesus asked the question, what are we going to feed them? Can you imagine how disappointing the disciples are? Like, they should have thought of that before they got here. That ain't our problem. And so when Jesus asked them, what do you have? See, because here's the thing in disappointments. This is what disappointments does. It brings you to the conclusion, what do I have? What is it in your life that you didn't know that you could use until you got disappointed? What is the thing in your life that you know, uh, praise God, that's been bottled up uh, down inside that you did not know that you had the power to grab a hold of uh, or maybe you thought you lost it uh, or, or maybe you thought it was, just wasn't useful because at the season you got it, you couldn't use it. Has anybody ever went through their junk drawer? Anybody have a junk drawer? Not a drunk drawer, a junk drawer. Every, every so often, I'll go through a junk drawer, and, and uh, we got two of them at the house. I'll go through a junk drawer, and I mean, I'll find these, these little things, and I'll think, well, I didn't even know I had that. And at the time I got it, I didn't want to use it, and so now I'm going through it, and I realize it's in my junk drawer. And there's, there's been times I've been looking for something, and Anna puts it in the junk drawer. And it's like, every now and then I go through it, it's like Christmas all over. It's like, wow, I, did, I didn't know it was here. This is amazing. And there's a lot of things in life that goes through life sometimes. We get disappointed, and God turns our focus on something that's already in our life that we forgot about, it, that we would have never seen it unless, 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 we got disappointed because disappointment will change your focus. It will turn you so that you focus. Jesus asked his disciples, what do you have? <laughs> I don't know what disciple that was that found that boy with that food, but can you imagine he found a gold mine? Woo! We got five loaves and two catfish. And so at that time, Jesus said, bring what you have. I need to tell somebody here because I'm feeling this. You, listen to me. There are things in your life that you didn't know that you had. The disappointment brought you to it. Jesus is not wanting you to walk away from it. Somebody hear me. Somebody hear me. Jesus is not wanting you to give up. God is not wanting you to leave. There were some things in your life that you was disappointed because you didn't like how it turned out when it showed up or it wasn't useful or you was doing something else. And when it showed up, now your disappointment has caused you to turn and focus on what you really have. When he said, bring me what you got, they brought him those two fish and five loaves, Captain D's, silver, Long John Silvers. <laughs> I love Long John Silvers. My wife says, really? 
when Jesus took those, the Bible says, listen, listen. The Bible says when he prayed and he began to hand them out, listen to this. They started multiplying. Now, I don't know about you, but I have thought on many times I would have loved to have been sitting on the front row of church that day. So I wouldn't have to look over everybody else's head that when Jesus got a piece of bread and he broke it and he got another piece of bread and he broke it and he got another piece of bread and he broke it and some saying, well, he had five, but he only had two fishes. So he takes one fish and he breaks it and all of a sudden takes one fish and he breaks it and it and just, and right, wouldn't you love to be sitting on the front row that day? So you would not have never got to miss that what went through Jesus' hands began to multiply. I need to tell somebody, I need to tell somebody right now that when God says he's going to multiply you, nobody else can multiply. Everybody else adds. But God doesn't need to add. He multiplies. And I need to tell somebody, he doesn't subtract either. God never takes a gift away from you. The Bible said that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. And once it's there, honey it ain't going nowhere the devil is a lie and you can be disappointed if you want to but just watch what God does with it I'm coming to a close but here's what a lot of people says well a long time ago preacher when I was in church man I used to really go to the altars and I used to really call out to God Preacher, a long time ago in church, I used to really read my Bible all the time. I remember, preacher, when I was really strong in the Lord, I would pray for people and I would do all these things and I'm wondering, what disappointment pulled you out of the way? And see, the enemy meant for the, for the disappointment to be a distraction but God's meaning for it to be a ministry. You got to flip it. Look at your neighbor and say, flip it. You got to flip the script on the enemy. <laughs> Grandkids, they'll say anything. You got to flip the script on the enemy. You can't let him tell you one thing and believe it. You got to flip it. You got to look at your circumstances and what's going on. You got to see the difference of what God is really doing in the lives of the church. Listen to me right now. If you never hear anything else I said, pay attention to all this stuff that's flashing behind me. The revival that has manifested and that has been birthed out in this nation you mark my words. You hear me. You got me on camera. You can quote me if you want to. God is going to pour out more glory than he has ever poured out. We are going to see more healings than we ever seen. We are going to see finances come to an all-time high. 
We're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle and breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Praise God. We're going to see things begin to happen. I remember not long ago, praise God, I was preaching underneath that anointing. Y'all remember that? Some of you remember that? I was preaching underneath that anointing, and I looked over at that wall, and God said, go lay your hands on that wall and claim that room. And I did. When I walked away from it, the, the devil said, that was stupid. <laughs> you ain't never going to do that. And in my mind, I had to get him out of my mind. But I'm telling you right now, there's miracles that is working that we cannot ever see. And the disappointment of 2020, I'm telling you right now, the breakthrough, the glory, and the power, I would say, Jesus, you can borrow my boat anytime you want. Jesus, you can have my fishes and my loaves anytime you want because in my disappointments, I'll call out to God and he'll hear me from his temple. Woo. Did y'all get that? His temple. He will hear me all the way up in heaven. The Bible said that God's domain is the third heaven. Some people says, I thought there's only one. I did too. But the Bible plainly tells us that the sky is one heaven, and the Bible says that the universe, the stars, and the galaxy is a second heaven, and the, and, and the domain is where God is at, is in the third heaven. Let me tell you something, honey. That's a long, long way. But that's where God hears me. When you read the rest of Psalms 18, if you go down there and just take time to read it, because I just took one little scripture out. You see, when the Bible says that God himself got on the cherubims, and he got in and he flew down and he kicked the devil in the face, and he rode through darkness, and he come down to bring us our answer. Isn't it funny how so many times, Pastor Randy, come to piano, please. When we pray, Sometimes it's just, just praying. But do you know that that desperate cry to God, that's what the enemy scared to death of. He scared to death of the desperate cry of the saints of God. Sometimes we get so relaxed, we raise our hands in church because the preacher says, raise your hands, everybody. We bow our heads because the preacher says we're going to pray. While he's praying, we're thinking, I'm going to get me a Big Mac when he shuts up in a minute. No more. Because <laughs> the enemy just runs everything through our mind. Listen to me. He runs everything through our mind. And sometimes we don't get focused because everything that's going through our mind. But let me tell you something. You get disappointed. You hit your knees. I mean your ADHD, your ADD, or is you just plain old, uh, gets a hold of God. And it might have been the shortest prayer you ever prayed. But that disappointment, 
change your focus over to God. That disappointment in your life, it moved heaven. There's ministry. God uses disappointment all the time to switch you, to turn you. So you become focused on what he's doing. I know even with a company, sometimes finding workers is disappointing. And sometimes we try to do everything we can do. When we just sit back and just throw it to God. Pastoring a church. Sometimes can be very disappointing. You know how many times that we've had, everybody say, I love the preacher. Say it again, say, I love the preacher. You know how many times we talk about, we're going to do this, how many is on board, and the whole church raised their hands, and five people shows up? Seriously, there's been times it'd be easy to be disappointed. You know how many times that, that, you know, we get something started or a new thing started, a new class started? I'm saved, now what? I was like, woo, it's going to be a good one. And come in sometimes and the disappointment of seeing the people who said I want it, I need it, get sucked in to everything going around them. Well, preacher, what do you do? I focus on him. See, don't let other people around you disappoint you into the place to where God can't do it. Listen, he's bigger than that. God don't need your buddy. He don't need your friend to do something. But if the enemy can take that disappointment in your life before you know it, you'll stop. You'll quit. You'll back down. And he takes you off the focus. But disappointment sometimes can refocus you. It can change your head to focus. And the enemy uses a lot of this disappointment and he thinks, I've got it, I've got it, this is what it is, I've got it. But what happened is, is I pulled out a different measuring tape this time. I didn't use his measuring tape to measure my disappointments or my struggles or my hurts or my loss. See, that's what we got to flip it. I started measuring the things. I found things. Listen, and I can say this, I'm coming to a close, and, and I'm going to go back to this, because when I go into my junk drawer and find things, I didn't really lose them. 
They was misplaced. And I need to tell somebody in here, I want you to hear me, I feel, I feel a nugget coming on. There are things in your life and you're sitting back and your mentality is, I lost it. And God said, hang on just a minute. It's not lost. It's misplaced. And the disappointments sometimes will cause you to zero in and hone in on the things that was misplaced. Because your focus now, your vision, you start focusing and you start seeing. And God has allowed the ministry of disappointment in 2020 to reshape, to refocus the church. It's not about the building. It's not about the program. It's not about the money. It's not about the TBN superstars. It's about the ministry of Jesus Christ where souls are getting saved, where bodies are being healed, where lives are being restored, where revival is coming up out of the ashes because there's beauty in the ashes, honey. You can burn me down today, but God's going to bring beauty out of the ashes and out of the rubble and when you thought he couldn't he'll bring our focus in a ministry of disappointment and cause the church to come up on the backside of disappointment